Well, I'm back. For those of you that weren't here a couple of weeks ago, I, I had a privilege and opportunity to come to a place I'd never been before. What do you call it? Mif, Mif, Mifflinburg. Yeah. Hey, that's great. You know, I am used to traveling to the same place twice. In fact, I, hello there. Oh, hello there, hey. sir. How are hey, you? Doing well. Yeah. Hey. Uh, I am used to going back to the same place I've been before. In fact, I kind of have this reputation of traveling to the same places I go because I tell you the honest truth. When I go and I meet people, I just, I, I really want to stay with them, but something inside of me doesn't let me. I, I have to keep going. God put something in my heart that I just want so bad to tell people everywhere about Jesus that I want to go back to where I've been before, but I don't often get to do it. But I have had the opportunity to go to the same place several times. I, a place called Corinth and, and uh, Ephesus. Oh, it's one of my favorite places to go to. And oh, There's just a lot of neat places that I want to go and tell people about Jesus, and I've had that opportunity. And, and two weeks ago, I had an opportunity to come to a place I'd never been before, Mifflinburg. And you were so kind and you were so open, and you let me tell you part of my story. Oh, I love to tell the story. I love to tell the story of what God did for me, and it's amazing. It's amazing how God has changed my life. It's amazing how God has changed... Uh... Well, anyways, I'm so easily distracted. You don't like those things you guys are holding in your hands. I'm still amazed by that. What is that? It's like this little light coming out of your hand. And at first I thought, man, they must be praying. They're looking down. No, their eyes are open. It can't be that. And I thought, oh, I know what it is. Somehow they got all the, the prophecies about Jesus right in their hand, and they can read them. I thought, uh, I don't know. It looks like they're talking to us. I don't know what. That's pretty neat, though. It's it's amazing coming to Mifflinburg. This is a neat place. I, I've been gone a couple weeks, as you know. Hey, I talked to Pastor Wayne after two weeks ago, and I tell you the truth. I just told him, you know what, I, I really enjoyed coming. Your people here are just so good people. It's amazing how much he loves you. You know, he loves being a pastor, and that's a great privilege. It really is a great privilege. And yet I, I said, well, Wayne, do you think I could just come back one more time? And he said, yeah, go ahead. So here I am today. I came to see you. Um, I have been to some interesting places since I left you. I don't know if you've heard of any of them or not. You might have. You ever heard of a town called Bethlehem? You know, I once heard a song, Oh, Little Town. But Bethlehem is not very little, I can tell you. And Philadelphia. I thought it was this little town. It is not little at all. It's really big. Well, anyway, I, I had the opportunity the last two weeks to travel to a really special place. It was really neat. In fact, I went there and I started thinking, I wonder if this is what heaven's like. I mean, it was just such a special place. They called it, I don't know, something like Ohio. Ohio, that's it. It was so nice. It's gl I'm glad to be back and to see you. On the way in here, though, I did go through this little town, it's happy something, 
and I saw the Colosseum. I thought, am I back in Rome? That's amazing. That's pretty neat. Well, anyway, man, I'm really glad to come back. I, I had some things. Boy, if you just knew what I wanted to say and I don't say it, because you know I talk a lot, and I just can't hardly stop. But I really wanted to tell you more about the story that I started two weeks ago. I know to some people they like stories, and that's good, but I'll tell you what, this story is so important to me because it changed my life. And it gave me a picture of God that was very different than I ever had before. I mean, growing up, I believed in God. As I told you two weeks ago, I... I studied under Gamaliel, and I wanted to, I was zealous for God. Man, I wanted to, but I never knew who God was until that day. When I was on my way to Damascus, and I was going to persecute Christians, I told you about this. If you were here, you know that, and all of a sudden, the light just out of heaven just, it knocked me off the horse. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? That voice, oh, that voice, that voice changed my life because God was speaking to me. You see, before then I'd heard about Jesus, but it was Jesus right there. It's like he reached down and he reached out to me and he said, Saul, stop what you're doing. And know who I am. Oh, I knew it in here. I mean, I had to really think about it for a while. And I had to wrestle with what it meant. But he, I knew it in there. I knew I was doing wrong. I knew it. Somewhere deep down, God had given me a conscience. I'd been ignoring it for a long time. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And when... When, when I heard that voice and I fell to the ground, I became blind. I told you two weeks ago. And the voice said, go on into the city and wait. So I did. I want to tell you a little bit more about the rest of that story. It doesn't stop there. I told you how I became a passionate preacher. Man, I was telling people about Jesus everywhere I went. But it didn't start out that way. It started out, I was very confused. When I laid on the ground and when they helped me up and they took me into the city for three days, I didn't eat, I didn't sleep, I didn't, I didn't drink anything. All I did was wrestled with God. Who are you? You know, it's really good for you and your faith to wrestle with who God is. Especially, I say to our beautiful young people up here, you need to wrestle with who God is. You need to ask good questions. You need to be honest. And you need to listen to what God says because God will speak to you. If God spoke to me a murderer on the road to Damascus, I know that he'll speak to each one of you. By his voice sometimes, maybe by an open door, maybe a friend, maybe something from the, the scriptures of old. But God will speak to you and Jesus spoke to me. He said, I want you to be a chosen vessel, me? Oh God, not me. You don't know who I am. Oh, God started to change me on the inside. That word change is so important to me. That's what God did to me. He changed me on the inside. He helped me to understand some things that I had no idea of. And one of you, I told you about Stephen. 
I told you how wrong and how guilty I was of murder. To this day, I, I, I can't forget it. But I'll tell you what God did. God helped me to understand what forgiveness was. Oh, forgiveness. It's become a cornerstone of my life to understand what forgiveness is. And how much God loves us that no matter what we've done, he reaches out to us and says, I want you to be my son. He said that to me. I had to wrestle with what it meant. I had to repent. I had to turn around from the attitudes and the behavior. That was so wrong. I had to confess it, and I did. Those three days when I was on my back and not able to, to, uh, to do anything, I was blind. For three days, I wrestled with that, and God spoke to me about forgiveness. I had to wrestle with that. I had to wrestle with how wrong it was. God came and put something in my heart that I've been talking about ever since. One of them is this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Think about that. There is there now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That means that if in your heart you turn to God, not because you're good enough, but because Jesus died on the cross, you don't have to live with guilt anymore. You might not be able to forget about what you did. That's kind of the way it is with me and Stephen. But I don't have to live with the guilt anymore. You know, who will bring any charge against those God has chosen? Who is bigger than God? And if God can forgive you and will forgive you, why? And who thinks that they can hold against you sin? Oh, God is an amazing, amazing God. Powerful God. I just, well, that I became so passionate about preaching and, and everywhere I went, I was telling people about Jesus. In fact, I went to the synagogues, even back in Damascus. I mean, three days I couldn't see and Ananias came and spoke to me told me that God was wanted to use me and God would forgive me and and then he baptized me and and then I started I started telling people about Jesus I went into the synagogues that's where I went first there's a synagogue in Damascus and I went right in there and I found the Jews and I wanted to tell them that Jesus was the Christ the son of God and and he was the fulfillment of everything in the in in of all the writings of old and oh man I was quoting them see I knew them but I didn't know him in my heart. I knew him in my head. And so I was telling him, listen to the writings. See what they said. See what Zechariah and the Psalms, the Psalms, they're full of references to who Jesus is. And I never realized it until those three days when God showed me who Jesus was. And so I began to try to persuade people about, all about uh, Jesus, the Messiah. And man, I would... Man, well, for one thing, I was, I was very argumentative. You know, my mother once said, you're going to be a Philadelphia lawyer someday. Well, anyway, oh, I just wanted to persuade him. It's not like I ran, but down, well, I probably did. But it's not like I held a gun to their head. I just said, man, look at what it says. Look at who Jesus is. 
Oh, and then feel the love and the power of God. And you know what's amazing is there are some people who got down right on their knees right there and said, oh God, I accept you, Jesus. It was amazing. Even in Damascus, there were some who believed. It was incredible. I thought, oh, they believe like I do. Oh, that just energized me. And I kept, I kept telling the story. I'd go in, I'd, I'd say, hey, do you know who Jesus is? And man, they'd look at me like, Man, who are you? Now, most of them, though, they knew who I was. They knew that I'd been persecuting Christians. That's what's incredible about when I was in, in, the, in the Damascus is I was the one who went there to kill the Christians. And God changed my heart. And so now I'm trying to convince them to believe in Jesus. No, I, I don't think. I mean, yeah, I can see why it'd be hard to trust me. Oh, and it was. Man, there were people that were really confused by all of a sudden this change that went on with me. And it was a while before a lot of people accepted me because of who I was and what I was, but I just kept preaching. And you know what? Some people believed. And, and then there were others whose hearts were hard, like mine was before. Oh, I had a hard heart. and I, Boy, I can relate to them. I mean, they just refused to accept and believe that Jesus was the Christ, even after all the evidence of all the writings of old and the Holy Spirit. And I tried to persuade them, and sometimes when I tried to persuade them, they would get angry at me. I don't want to hear about Jesus. I don't need Jesus. I don't want Jesus. That's the same attitude I had until the day on the road to Damascus. But I kept at it. Oh, Sometimes I'd kind of get up in their face, and that's not always the best way to tell the story, but, you know, that's my personality. Can't help it. I mean, oh, I want you to know. I really want you to know. Oh, and if you don't know and I don't tell you, it's my fault. Well, oh, by the way, I've been wanting to tell you. Uh, it's kind of off subject, but I want to tell you about somebody else. Totally unrelated to what I said before. i got to tell you about a man named Luke. Luke has been so instrumental in my life i'll tell you what i just want you to know about luke for one thing when i go and i talk to people i tell them you gotta know you gotta find out who luke is i mean not like i tell them you gotta know who jesus is but luke is important too let me tell you some things about luke number one is luke was my friend and i needed friends i might not appear that way at times i might seem like you know i got it all together and i'm confident oh man only you knew what goes on, you know, inside the fluttery stomach sometimes. Especially when I go to tell people about Jesus and I know that they're going to reject it. I mean, and reject me. I mean, it's not easy to be a witness for Jesus. You've got to make choices, though, who Jesus is. And I made that choice. Well, anyway, my friend Luke, I want to tell you a little bit about him uh, and, and how precious Luke is to me. Number one. He's my friend. There's some other things about Luke. He's very smart. He was a doctor, a physician. Uh, he he uh, he was just he really had it. I don't have it like that. I mean, Luke Luke was very smart. He also he was a traveler. He traveled a lot, and he went to a lot of the places that I did. That's how I got to know him mostly. In fact, he was with me on. I kind of did two big loops around the Roman world and had a chance to meet a lot of people and all these things. And Luke was with me part of the time. Luke was a passionate Christian. Oh, he was pa in a different way than I was. I mean, he, 
he wanted to share who Jesus was too. But he wasn't the uh, get-in-your-face get kind of guy like I was, not Luke. i tell you what Luke was. Luke was a writer. And Luke went all around listening and seeing, talking to eyewitnesses about what Jesus did for them. In fact, Luke had an opportunity to go back and talk to most of the, the original apostles, and they would tell them the stories. And Luke wrote some of them down. And he just kept writing. He was a writer. And the reason I want to tell you about Luke is because Luke is so important for you to understand and know all about who Jesus is. Because Luke wrote things down. He actually put them in this big scroll, and it became a very important part of the writings about Jesus. One was called the Gospel of Luke, which was, of course, you know his name. That's where he just writes all about is with Jesus and who Jesus was. It was real to him. And the other one was this book that, that later came together, and I think he called it the Acts of the Apostles. It really is about the early church. And as you know, it has some of the stories in it that I've been talking about and, and, and are very important to me. In fact, because we were good friends, we traveled together for a long time, and he would ask me, and he would see what we do, and, and he did his thing. I did mine. His thing was to, to write, record, and I'll tell you what, there are, oh, I don't even want to say how many, millions of people around the world who have come to faith in Jesus through Luke and his work. Don't underestimate Luke. In fact, I think I saw, did I? Yeah, I saw some of these here in the church. I thought, you know what? You guys have right here in the church, right here in this building, you, you have it. Luke and Acts, it's incredible. Oh, take time to read it. It really is incredible. It'll come alive to you. It's true. It's real. It's, it's just... It's amazing, Luke. Well, I, that was off subject. I, I didn't mean to get distracted, but I, I wanted to tell you about, number one, why I was so passionately speaking about Jesus, why he's so important to me. And I began to preach and teach again. I would just go around and everybody I could. Well, I only told you the first half of the story about the city and what happened to me uh, on the road to Damascus. But there's another half of the story, and I want to tell you that story today. In fact, it, I think Luke wrote it down. It might be in the book that, that you may have somewhere. I don't know. But, but Luke wrote about this story. And part of the story was this. I started preaching. Like I said, some people, man, they listened, and they said, wow, it must be real. And yes, I believe in Jesus. They had faith in Jesus. And other people... They rejected it, and, you know, over time, more and more people were hostile toward me, and some were became my best friends and my supporters, and they said, Paul, keep going. Oh, that reminds me. You know, my name got changed. It was Saul, but God changed it to Paul because that's what change does. God changes us on the inside. It's incredible. What change do you need in your life? What change do you need in your life? I mean, I'm talking about 
spiritual change. God's able to do it. He changed me and he changed my name. So they call me Paul now. I go by Paul. Well, anyways, what happened to me after this is it got worse in, in Damascus and the people were more and more angry and hostile. It, it wasn't everybody. It was some of the Jews. I hate to say the Jews. I love the Jews. I'm a Jew. Oh, I wanted the Jews to accept Christ. Many of them did, but my own brothers, I have to say, some of these men were the ones that helped me to persecute Christians. But when I changed, they didn't change too. In fact, they got more angry. They got so angry that within just a short amount of time, they wanted to kill me. What? I'm just telling the stories of Jesus. Why would you want to hurt me? Oh, then I remembered back. Stephen, how confused we can be. Oh, Even when we think we're doing good, we can be off track. Oh, I was, and these men were, and they got more and more. I tried to talk to a man. I'd, if Could I pick on something? How about you over there? Could I pick on you a little bit? I, I would say, Josh, I found Jesus. You've got to find him too. And Josh would just look at me like that. <laughs> Tim, Timothy, my brother. Oh, you've got to know who Jesus is. Timothy. I'm going to arrest you and take you to the high priest. Oh, it hurt. Oh, but there were others. Oh, there were others. There was a brother who, like Ananias, who just, I believe you, I believe you, Paul. I believe you, Paul. We'll stick together. Ananias, I tell you, I couldn't have made it without Ananias in my life. Anyway, I better get to the story. Well, these men, they got so angry at me that they plotted to kill me. I, they had people at the city gates of Damascus. I think they had knives. I think that's how they were going to try to kill. I, I'm not sure. I just know that they were plotting to kill me. And so, so when I would go, when I was going to leave the city, go out of the city and do the work that I needed to do out there, they were going to attack me and kill me. But one of my friends told me about it. Said, Paul, you better not do that. You better not go out there. They're going to try to kill you. So I went back in the city and it kind of went back to our spot and my friends were together. And so uh, I thought, what are we going to do? I can't get out of the city and they're going to kill me. They're going to find me eventually here in the city. So this is what happened. Man, my friends are so creative. I need a haircut. Anyway, well, this happened. Here I was. It was nighttime, and uh, my friend said, Paul, we've got to get you out tonight. They're closing in on us. They're going to kill you. There's only a few of us. Paul, we'll protect you if we can, but there's only a few of you. There's only a few of us, and, and man, they are armed, and they're angry, and you're going to die. Paul, we don't want this to happen to you. How about, Paul, how about we'll get you out of the city? And they came up with this wild and crazy idea. It's their idea. Put me over the wall of the city and lower me to the ground, and then I could get out. Oh, man. I just want to tell you something. I'm not a real fan of heights. But 
So crazy, I know it sounds crazy. But so they came up with this idea. Paul, climb in the basket. Now, I was a little smaller then. (laughs) Climb in the basket, and we'll lower you over the wall. When you get down to the ground, jump out of the basket and run for your life. That's pretty much it. Well, number one, I told you, I'm not a fan of heights. Kind of have a fear of heights. So I'm looking out over the wall, and I'm saying, what? This is crazy. Paul, you better get in the basket. They're coming. (laughs) You know, heights I don't like. Snakes don't bother me. In fact, there was a time in Malta when this snake jumped out of the fire and bit me. Everybody thought I was going to die, and I just shook it off, and everything was fine. But anyway, I did. I climbed in the basket, and I held on, and, and they took me right on. Oh, they let me down the wall. I got out. And I got away. That's the great thing about it. I made it. And I ran. I think I ran all the way to Jerusalem. That's about 91 miles or so. But I got back. You know what I did when I got back to Jerusalem? My legs hurt. But my tongue was going. And I was telling people about Jesus. Uh, I get back to Jerusalem, and I'm, I'm so excited. I'm back to Jerusalem where Jesus was, oh, where he rose from the dead. I, oh, oh, I was telling people Jesus is alive, and he, he spoke to me, and he's the son of God, and he forgave me for all I did, including what I did to Stephen. Oh, it was incredible. Oh, I was telling people, I was going, and you know what? Right away. The apostles and other believers, there are a lot of them in Jerusalem. There are a lot of believers in Jerusalem by then. You know, I kind of forgot about that. So I just kind of go in there, I start talking about Jesus, and some of those people are looking at me. Aren't you Saul? Aren't you Saul? Oh, and right away. And I don't blame them a bit, I'll tell you that. I'm just telling you what happened. I don't blame them a bit. Oh, they didn't want to have anything to do with me. They did not believe that I was being genuine. I don't blame them after what I had done to some of them and some of their family and some of the people in Jerusalem. In fact, they were very reluctant even for me to come close to them. You know why? Because I had sin in my life, and my sin was destructive, and they did not yet know what Jesus did for me. I don't blame them for that. Boy, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. I thought, don't you know that God's forgiven me? Don't you know I'm sorry? Don't you know that that God's called me to preach the gospel just like you? And man, I was so excited about it. And yet they didn't really quite understand. So it took a long time. Took a long time for them to, to believe me that I was sincere. There was a man named Barnabas. There was a man named Barnabas. What Barnabas did, Barnabas reached out to me. There's a man that had enough faith in God to say, God, you can change people. Even a murderer, you can do it. 
Uncle Barnabas took me by the hand. It's kind of like that. He said, come with me, Paul. Took me right into where the apostles were. And he told them, this man has been changed by God. At first, they didn't know what to believe. But then I could just see, I could just see how the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. And they began to understand the power of the gospel. They maybe for some of them, they understood the gospel, but not the power of the gospel to change people. Oh, and Barnabas, if it wasn't for Barnabas, I don't know where I would be. Barnabas. Barnabas too, he, he, he became my very spiritual friend. Everybody needs a Barnabas. Everybody needs a Barnabas, somebody to believe in. Maybe there's somebody who needs you to be a Barnabas for them. Oh, I tell you, Barnabas, my friend. I'll tell you a few things about him. There's so many things. I, I don't know what... what I had to narrow down this morning to tell you about Barnabas. Barnabas, uh, number one, uh, he accepted me as a brother in Jesus. He didn't say, Paul, because of your past, nah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna accept you. He didn't say, Paul, because you were a murderer, we're not gonna, I mean, I, I can see why he would. Man, I, I don't know what I would have done. Nor did he say, Paul, you haven't proven yourself enough. Not enough. You keep working at it and maybe I will. Boy, this made me think later on a whole lot more about accepting one another as Christ accepted me. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Oh, my be kind and compassionate to one another just as in Christ. That was Barnabas, my precious friend. He believed in me. He didn't hold back. He trusted me. He actually became a, a traveling companion of mine. He uh, went with me when I went to some places I went. But I have to tell you, we went on lots of trips together, but the thing about Barnabas and I, we were a lot alike in one way. We were both very stubborn. But, all right, I admit it. I was so pig-headed. I still am. You know, God changes a lot of things, but some things are harder than others to change. So I got to keep praying about that. You know, but, but Barnabas, we had this disagreement later on. And we ended up going separate ways for a while. We didn't always agree on how to do things. Keep us from following the call and preaching the gospel and uh, serving God together. I love Barnabas. 
not to say Barnabas. I mean, there are several, I could say this of a whole lot of people, but I have to say that Barnabas had more influence in my life than anyone else. You know what his name means or meant? At least it was to me. Well, this is just who he was. Barnabas was an encourager. He was an encourager. Encourage one another while it is still today. Wow. You know, the sun's going down today. In a few hours, don't fail to encourage people while you can. Be an encourager in people's life, not a discourager. Find a way to look at your brother or your sister and say, I care about you and your life's important, even though you're not perfect. I mean, if you wait to find the perfect brother or sister to encourage, let me tell you, you'll still be looking when you're, you know, long after I'm gone. If you try to find people that always get it right and never mess up before you offer the encouragement, boy, you'll be here long after they're gone. And I hope you'll still be in the hereafter too. The truth is, God called us to encourage one another. And I hope I do that in in your life. That's part of why I love to tell the story. I just love to tell people about Jesus. Well, Barnabas is a great man. He took me to the apostles. We talked about, we for a long time we did. Man, Peter and John and James, although James was martyred early on. I didn't know him as long as Peter. I knew Peter a long time. I have such respect for them. You know, they gave their lives for the gospel. They loved and they believed in Jesus. And that's what I want to do with my life. I want to be spilled out. A vessel that's poured out for God. God, show me. God, lead me. Help me to know. Well, the story goes on from here. And we're sure not going to tell it today. But I went on to some neat places. And uh, had some great opportunities. I'm really glad I could come back and finish that, that, uh, that part of the story. This is what I live for. This is why I do what I do. Because Jesus said this. And if Jesus said it, I want that to be the core of my life. I want to try to do this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I want to do what Jesus calls me to. I want to be a witness for him. I hope you'll be a part of that. If I have a chance and I can get you one-on-one, watch out. Watch out. Hey, it's good being with you again today. Let me pray for you before I go. Would you stand and let's pray. Oh God and gracious Father, thank you for the truth that changed Paul's life. Thank you for the truth that changed our lives. God, may we know the power, the power of the gospel and how powerful God is. God, I pray for these people that are here. Help them. 
Guide them, God. Help them to follow you. Help them to have teachable hearts. Help them to read with joy and expectation what you want to say to them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget, if you can, find, find where Luke wrote down all those things he did because they're powerful. I, I'd invite you to keep reading. Read what Luke said. It's a pretty neat story, I think. Good to be with you today. Have a great afternoon.